live and pre-recorded. This is the Red Ticket Blues Podcast. I am Ryan Buckley. This is being recorded on June 15th to hit the internet. It's on June 16th. How's everybody doing? We have a lot to talk about today. Wherever you are, but before I begin, wherever you are, wherever you may be, thank you for listening. Okay? And if you want to thank me, at BrianBuck13 on Twitter. Let's start. Where are we going to go? We're going to talk about the NBA Finals. The Warriors have a 3-2 lead after last night's, well... It'll be removed by the time you're listening to it. Game six will be, if you are listening on the launch, will be tonight. What will happen? I'll tell you what will happen so you can put your bets in with your bookie and not even have to worry about it. Actually, I haven't even looked at the spread. That's a lie. We'll uh, we'll discuss my trip to Camden Yards this weekend. I went to see the Yankees play the Orioles in Baltimore. First time for me. I'll give you my thoughts and my experience because obviously you determine which baseball games you go to and which parks you go to based on my advice and my experiences. So stay tuned. You're in for a treat, I guess. And we'll also uh, get into the possible end of an era in Boston as David Ortiz's average and his production slump to a all-time new low at this point in the season. But we begin with the NBA Finals. And I'll say this, this LeBron guy... He's pretty good. Beautiful drive from LeBron James. Gets it to go! LeBron James from way downtown! Here to bail him out. James puts up a three. He got it! LeBron James! LeBron James, he was magnificent tonight. 40 points, 14 rebounds, 11 assists. Essentially, that's what he's doing right now. LeBron James is playing out there all by himself. He has very little help. And according to Nate Silvers, uh, there's a lot of numbers when we're talking about LeBron James. There's a lot of numbers being thrown at because he's putting up astronomical and historical statistics. But... He's doing it all by himself, like we said. And Nate Silver's site, uh, what is it, uh, 538.com, says this Cavs supporting cast ranks 60th out of the last 62 finals teams. He has garbage with him. Now, Tristan Thompson, ha- I, I shouldn't say garbage, Tristan Thompson has contributed. First two games of the, of the series, yet he only had two points. He's been in double figures and rebounds the entire time, and he has contributed offensively. The other guy that was helping was Timothy Mozgov, who has been basically taken out of the game after the Warriors have gone small. Mozgov played nine minutes last night. Nine minutes. LeBron has managed to put up, like I said, just unseen numbers. I mean, there was a point last night where he was 13 possessions in a row for the Cavs. He was involved in that score. He, uh, where's the other stat that I liked? I know, I, I don't like doing numbers. Here I am looking for numbers, right? Uh, I think he was involved in 70% of, here it is, scored or assist on 77% of the Cavs' points in Game 5. 77%. That's unreal. And here's one more for you. LeBron has taken 34 or more shots in a game 11 times in his career. Five of those have come in this year's playoffs. And four of them have come in this NBA Finals. He is putting up these numbers because he has to. He has to put up these numbers. 
I will say this, though. What he did after the game last night with this comment. I feel confident because I'm the best player in the world. Is a bit odd. It's very true. We all know he's the best player in the world. There's no doubt about that. But many people are asking, why would he choose that time to do it? I think he made that statement because he can see the writing on the wall. The series is over. And I think he only has so much gas in his tank. And he knows it's over. He's not going to make that statement after the Warriors win Game 6. But LeBron, I think... He will try his damnedest in Game 6. He's not going to lay down. He's the best in the world. He just told you. But the writing's on the wall. I think once the Warriors... It was a close game yesterday. Back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Lots of lead changes. Lots of ties. But I think once the Warriors broke through in that fourth quarter, I, I think it was just a universal feeling that they had broken through for the series. This series is unfortunately probably over for the Cleveland Cavaliers. Now... Earlier in the series, since we last talked, we got to see LeBron's penis. So, hey, that's new. Usually don't get to see stars' penises. Uh, He wasn't trying to show off, but he's 0-1 when his uh, penis is exposed. So, probably shouldn't make it a habit. And there was all the controversy with LeBron going into the cameraman that he jumped on purpose. He did not jump in on purpose, but it was typical LeBron James acting. And it went too far, and he lost his footing and fell into the camera. Uh, I don't know what to say. But that team, I mean, let's let's break down that team. He's got J.R. Smith, who I would never build a team around him. A lot of social media thinks he's funny and want him to do well just because he's that party animal guy. I think J.R. Smith is a jerk. I don't think you, if you're serious about a contender or ever putting together a team, and I realize he he wasn't really supposed to be a major part of it with all the injuries that has happened to the Cleveland Cavaliers. who's supposed to be a guy coming off the bench, but J.R. Smith is a jerk, and I don't want him anywhere near my team. Okay? Iman Shumpert, like I said in the last podcast, wants to be the man. He will make the great moves, but he can never finish. He's positive. He's still a very quick defender and everything, but he's still not the same player that he was before the surgery, before he tore his ACL. Matthew Delvadova, that... That uh, that was like insanity, but even smaller. Even smaller. Because while he may be the subject of all sorts of gifts and memes of Steph Curry breaking him down and shooting threes, he's still playing good defense. But he's just not that good. Now in game four, he tried to take over. He tried to take shots and, you know, take it off the dribble, take it to the hoop. Bad idea. They were ugly. They were bad. They were turnover after turnover after turnover. Bad stuff. Bad stuff. And Moskov, like I said, he was the second or third contributor there in that in that game four. He had about twenty something points. But once the was it game four? Yeah, game four. Once the Warriors went small, he has disappeared. He's been a non-factor. And LeBron James, I know there's plenty of haters out there. We all know that. Now LeBron James, he has, uh, you know, he want, he he likes to involve himself in a lot of things and. Before the season, he was a GM of sorts. The Cavs are paying very low. Playing very low. They're playing very high. They're playing very low. They're playing a very, uh, what's the word? Not deep bench, light bench. That's because LeBron wanted to bring his boys here. Mike Miller, James Jones, Kendrick Perkins. Those guys have been absolutely non-factors outside of James Jones for a few shots. And Mike Miller hit a three last night. They've been playing seven guys. 
Now, the Warriors have sort of found themselves. They've double-teamed LeBron. Andre Iguodala has stepped up out of nowhere. And you need a guy like Andre Iguodala to have crazy celebrations, too. You need a guy who's going to hit the three and then try to touch the floor. And then that other one where he moves very fastly like he's going to take a dump. That mean look. You need a guy with stupid celebrations. That's, that's, that's a prerequisite. Andrew Bogut. How about him, huh? He was a starter. Now where is he? He's sitting on the bench. And I'll tell you, what a bad attitude and body language. That guy came in uh, game four when we had David Lee. Not David Lee start. Iguodala start. He came in, got three fouls in what appeared to be five minutes, grabbing people's jerseys. He's just a bad attitude there. I don't know if anyone else picked up on that, but I did. Uh, what else can you say? Steph Curry started to come back, come back with it. Uh, Clay Thompson hasn't played that great, but he's been involved. Draymond Green has played better, struggled in the beginning of the series. Like I said, Iguodala has come up big. David Lee, David Lee's sightings. David Lee has contributed. And Harrison Barnes, too. There's another unsung hero. I like Harrison Barnes. He's a guy who, he, he, he'll take it right to the basket, can shoot threes, plays hard. If, if he were about two or three inches taller, my God, he could dominate. He's what Tristan Thompson wants to be. Tristan Thompson wants to be a max player next year. I'd like to see that happen. He's played well. He's played well at the right times. Is he worth max money? My Lord, I don't know about that. His agent says, oh, we're getting max money, and LeBron certainly wants him there forever, but I don't know. So what what happens going forward, I already told you. I think regardless of them playing Cleveland, the Warriors see this. They can see it now. They know what to do, and... The Cavaliers' light team, they're running out of gas. They can't do this anymore. You can see LeBron James conserving energy throughout the game. That's why his assists have gone up. He's distributing the ball more. He can't do it all. He can't take it to the hoop every time and take that, take the beating he absorbs from defenders. And I'll say this, LeBron James gets a lot of calls throughout the season. This finals, he has not gotten any calls. He's getting beaten down there and not getting it. Now, I hate to stick up for a superstar. And I hate to stick up for a superstar that whines about every call. I seriously think he took that as one of the biggest attri- one of the biggest things that he got from Dwayne Wade in Miami was bringing that mentality with him, that I have to cry about every call. But it's not going to matter. The Warriors know what to do now. That small team, they, can, they, are, they are going to run the Cavs out of the building. LeBron will not you know, will not lay down. We know this, but I think it's all over. And one random thing, and I know that the announcing team for the NBA Finals, Mike Breen, Mark Jackson, Jeff Van Gundy, have been pretty good. And Mark Jackson's a good defender. Good defender. He was he was a he was a good point guard too. He is a good announcer. I just don't understand this transition that he goes from when he's doing the game play-by-play, not play-by-play, but color, this transition to commercial where he becomes a different person, just speaking nonsense and gibberish. He's just, you know, uh, uh, I like the way this guy sets the screen here because it's going to open up penetration for Curry so he can take that right to the basket. Then the music starts. Curry gets that ball. Man, to the side, through the legs, up ball in basket mama that hand warriors by four what is that like i i don't i don't get that 
I think it's even being understated, though, how wonderful, how amazing LeBron James has been in this series. It's possible. I don't think it'll happen. It's possible that he could possibly win. It's possible to make anything possible. That he could win the MVP. The Jeez, I am all over the place. What the hell am I talking about? Yeah, the MVP. Yeah, the MVP of the NBA Finals on a losing team. Now, only one person's ever done it, and that's Jerry West way back when. This guy's getting triple doubles all over the place. Making it look easy. Like, we're not even surprised anymore. It's just like, oh, yeah, LeBron James did that. Yeah, that's cool. I don't know. We'll see what happens, though. Moving on. So that's my pick. All right. The Warriors will win game six. That's what I see happening. I think Cleveland has officially run out of steam, run out of gas. Do you run on steam? Run out of gas. And that's that. So let's get into Let's move into baseball here. We'll talk the... the We'll talk about baseball, and baseball become a more prevalent topic on the show. I'm a baseball fan, but it's a long season, and once the NBA stops, we get into baseball hardcore, then the NFL training comes in. But let's ask the question we're all wondering when it comes to the Boston Red Sox and their designated hitter, David Ortiz. David, are you washed up? Somebody already asked him, though. Here we go. People think you're starting to become washed up. Is David Ortiz washed up? <laughs> what can I tell you, man? A lot of people look at me like that seven years ago, and here I am still. So, hey, I don't have no timetable for that, and I don't think nobody has it either. So if it happens, who cares? You know, I mean, I'm just another player that comes in and comes out, you know, and everybody's time is up at some point. I don't think that's my problem yet, but I'm just going to keep on trying like I know. Now, honestly, that does not sound like David Ortiz. He is the face of the Boston Red Sox. He's the face of the franchise. He's everything Boston. He's Red Sox Nation. He's all that. He's the guy through thick and thin, through all the world championships. He's been there since 2003-2. He's been there for all the championships back to 2004. Got it. That's a defeated man we just heard. That's a man that who doesn't know his own future, who's questioning whether he has anything left. I don't know. That's not David Ortiz. The next day after that, he clarified and said, I'm not washed up. I guarantee you that. I can wake up and hit, bro. That's my nature. I'm not washed up. I was asked on camera the other day if I was washed up, and I pretty much didn't react to it. But I thought that was very disrespectful. You don't disrespect people like that. You know what I'm saying? I've come a long way, and everyone knows my status. And to come in and wipe it in my face just because things are not going well right now, I don't think the question was fair. That tells... Tells tells me how things are around here. I think that might be a typo. People forget too fast. I don't think it's right. Uh, in Ortiz's defense, that is an absolutely outrageous question to ask someone uh, if they're washed up. What do they expect him to say? Yes, but I, I want Farrell to keep putting me in the lineup. Keep putting me in the lineup. But uh, yes, I'm washed up. Yes, please please do that. Now the Red Sox are 27 and 37 right now, the second worst team in the American League. Lost six in a row, and they are three and seven in their last ten. David Ortiz has been, his obituary has been written many times throughout his career. His his numbers have been like a Richter scale, up and down, up and down. And yeah, people can have ideas why that's like that. There is the steroid allegation. If it wasn't for that, I'd say he's a borderline Hall of Famer. He, some may say he's still a borderline Hall of Famer. I think at this point in time, in uh, baseball writers voting for the Hall of Fame, he is not a candidate for the Hall of Fame. That may change in a few years. Who knows? Uh, 
baseball writers, this is the one moment of their life where they get to tell everyone else how to feel and they love every second of it. But let's look at David Ortiz's numbers here. Uh, there's lots of problems with the Red Sox, by the way. This is not just David Ortiz. Their pitching is horrendous. Absolutely horrendous. And you got guys like Wade Miley making John Farrell look stupid the other day. Am I saying this is John Farrell's fault? No. Am I saying it's Wade Miley's fault? Well, possibly. But I mean to scream at him like they're in front of the cameras like that. That's just uncalled for, especially when Wade Miley sucks. So, David Ortiz, he's 39 years old now. He's batting 229 with nine home runs. 378 on base percentage and a 727 OPS. Awful. You'd like that average to go up. You'd like the home runs up a little bit. He hit 35 last year, but not not terrible. But here's the bad part. He's in almost no play against left-handed pitching. He's batting 113 against left-handed pitching. An on-base percentage barely above that of 122 with zero home runs, eight hits, and a 277 OPS. That is atrocious. That is just... Un- that is inconceivable that an OPS could be that low. Well, it could be lower, but can't cut much lower than that. That is terrible. What does that mean? I don't think he's completely done yet. Uh, Ortiz is a guy that I feel he's an arrogant guy, but I think when these numbers get this low, he is he's open to change, to get better. He's a prideful guy. He's an arrogant guy, but he's a prideful guy. And... Well, I, do I think he'll ever put up 35 again? Probably not. I don't think he will. But I just I, I can't see his career completely dropping like that. It has to be a slow progression. He's 39, and that's we're getting old there. I guess when you won't play the field, only you don't play the field, maybe you can extend the career a little bit. But we'll have to see. Uh, and the Boston media, of course, likes to throw dirt on people. And I mean. He's a great he he's a great player in history. He's not Mariano Rivera, but I'll use the example. Mariano Rivera was uh left for dead so many times by the media. So many times. And this was a beloved guy who got you four championships, five championships, who was involved in those. Here's Ortiz, involved with three. And the Boston media I don't know what it is. The media they they, they make stories. I get it. They gotta sell papers, but they have to take these views. They just use these people and eat them and spit them out like trash. That's the nature of the beast, I guess. What are you complaining about, Brian? You do the same thing on the goddamn podcast. I guess I do. I don't know why I keep moving this piece of paper around. There's barely anything written on it, but I just keep moving it around as if I have lots of notes in front of me. And we'll end the show today. Let's see how many minutes we got here. Yeah, we're at about seventeen. Fair enough. I don't want to keep you from your day too much. don't want to keep you too much. I, I know you have things to do. There's podcasts to listen to. There's radio programs to listen to. And maybe Red Ticket Blues podcast is not on the top of your list. It should be. You have priorities that you need to figure out. I feel sorry for you. But what are you going to do? How many times have I said that today? Anyways, so we'll end this here with... We'll end the <clears throat> we'll end the podcast with my weekend. <laughs> I knew you wanted to hear my my weekend. So the wife and I decided, hey, let's do something different. So we decided from New Haven, Connecticut, to drive down to Baltimore. I had never been to Camden Yards. Just going to go to Baltimore, hang out. Uh, never been to Camden Yards, and they were playing the Yankees. So hey, 
why not? Why not check it out? This is supposed to be a great place to watch a game. So we drove the four and a half hours down there, checked in our hotel, got in the car. Well, we couldn't check into the hotel because what kind of hotel? They, they wait till five minutes before check-in. Oh, we don't have any rooms available. Not one damn room. Quite an operation they had run at that place. But uh, we went down to the Inner Harbor first before the game, and it was nice. I don't know. I've heard people talk about it, give it lots of rave reviews. It's almost like Times Square on a lower level. Everything was a chain place. I was expecting like a you know Sully's Crab Shack to go eat to. I mean, nothing screams Baltimore like Cheesecake Factory and P.F. Chang's. Luckily, there was a craft, not craft, crab and beer festival going on. So that obviously entertained us for a little bit. We went to the game, checked out the stadium, got there early. Uh, very nice. Hey, it, it is a great park. Got some good seats right in the first base side, in between uh, outfield and first base there, second row. Um, a Rod hit a home run. I'm I'm there for all of. I gone to two baseball games this year. Uh, the first one, A Rod passes Willie Mays, and this one, A Rod gets 2,000 hits, becoming the second player only ever to get 2,000 hits. You know, for a guy in myself that rips someone like Alex Rodriguez all the time. I seem to go see his highlights a lot like a groupie. He got his uh, he got his home run. Uh, what else happened there? Uh, Mason Williams, the rookie, made a great catch. Well, you saw the game. I don't need to break this down to you. The, just because I was there. Just because I was in the building. Uh, one of the guys sitting next to me brought his kid there. Uh, he was a Yankee fan. There's a lot of Yankee fans there, obviously. Uh, they travel well to Baltimore. And I won't say it's 50-50, but probably... Eh, 65-35 Orioles. There, there are a decent amount, of, decent amount of Yankee fans in there. But the gentleman I was sitting next to had his kid, maybe like four or five years old. But he was a Yankee fan, came from New York. And this has got to be the, the person that players, when they see them, they have to cringe. Because this is an adult. And he was in his Yankee hat, his Yankee jersey, which I don't have a problem with. I wear the hat. Uh, every once in a while I wear a jersey. I only wear a jersey to games. If you're wearing a jersey out to the bar or something, I don't know, man. Unless you're going to watch like a World Series game. If you're just going on a random day wearing a jersey, I don't know. Um, I'm I'm in my 30s now. I don't know if that's me anymore. That's that's just not me. Maybe in my 20s, and I'm looking back on it, it was kind of stupid then too. But anyways, back to the game. So this gentleman, he uh, was wearing his jersey. He had Yankee earrings uh, in both ears. And this jerk also had a ring a World Series ring as if he played on the team, as if he was part of it. Like, he jumped in there after that last out, and they won the World Series. Like, he was in the mob there. He thought he was part of the team. And because we're in Baltimore, many of the Yankee players are booed when they come up to the plate. This guy made it a point every single time to cheer really loud so everyone go, oh, that guy, that guy's a Yankee fan right there. Yeah, we can tell. What, what are you, five? Who cares? It's so stupid. I was embarrassed. I was like, oh, God. So this is what people think of Yankee fans. You have to be that obnoxious. Your typical obnoxious Yankee fan. And then his kid threw a temper tantrum because he couldn't get a foul ball. Uh, Kid, I hate to break it to you. There's lots of disappointments in life. And out of those 35,000 people at that park, I'd say about uh, 95% of them, probably even more than that, were not getting a foul ball. Excuse me. Apologize about that. We're not getting a foul ball. Luckily, a woman in front of us got a foul ball, gave it to him. He thought I was going to take it from him when I asked to see it. 
I guess I'm a mean guy. Kids are afraid of me. That didn't sound right, did it? Okay. So that was my uh, that was my perception of the park. Uh, good food, good beer. Um, normally, I don't drink uh, craft beer at games. Usually, just light shit because craft beer is sometimes heavy. I, and another thing, I'll tell you what's great: craft beer. You know what's not great? The term craft beer because it sounds stupid and it sounds pretentious, and I don't like it because that has a lot to do with Camden Yards. Just me. I don't know. So that was my trip. I definitely recommend uh, Camden Yards in anyone's future. I think many people would love to go there. That That is probably a baseball park to desire to go to for many people. And I recommend it. It was a good game. It was insanely hot. Do not rely on Baltimore public transportation. The, the light rail from where we were to uh, the, the lot we were at was the BWI Business Park. After a game, a 45-minute wait for one train with three cars... I wanted to skip it, and I just said, let me go get a taxi. Couldn't find a taxi anywhere. I was just moping around. Where the And all I could do was think of the wire and, you know, that the people were going to come out. I mean, there are thousands of people getting out of the game, but I'm thinking, you know, Bodie and then Marlowe. But it was kind of cool to walk around Baltimore, and I just looked up at the city hall. I was like, that's where Carcetti works. And then I have to remind myself that the wire was a television program, and it didn't actually exist, and Carcetti was not a mayor. Hey, what are you going to do? I said it again. Ugh. Let's, let's remove that from my uh, my vocabulary. So that's the podcast for this week, everybody. This is... Uh, you can always... Uh, bleh, you can always listen to the show on iTunes, TuneIn Radio, YouTube, Stitcher, all the usual suspects, redticketblues.com, and as always, on Twitter, at BrianBuck13. Feel free to subscribe so you'll never miss an episode and even leave a review if you're feeling that dandy. So I want everyone to have a great week. Hopefully, um, maybe I'll try to get one in on Friday because I think if there is a Game 7, uh, there uh, it is on Friday night, I'm pretty sure. So I don't think what's going to happen. I think the Warriors will win and it is what it is. All right, everyone have a great week. Uh, I'm out of here.